the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. You're listening hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show, 98.9 The Answer, Columbus, 94.5 The Answer in Dayton. We greet all our listeners in central and western Ohio, and we offer both of you the opportunity every month to get a book that will make you think, that will enlighten you, that will allow you to engage in important conversations that are truth-based conversations. This month's book of the month is The Dumbest Generation Grows Up from Stupefied Youth to dangerous adults, and we are blessed to have with us the author of that book. He is Mark Bauerlein. He is a professor at Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia. Mark, thanks so much for your time today, and I have enjoyed skimming through your book, and I look forward to reading it in its entirety. On you and to talk. Tell me a little bit about the initial impetus for The Dumbest Generation. Who is The Dumbest Generation? Because my daughter was like... Well, I, I take offense that I'm the dumbest generation, and I'm like, honey, he's not talking about you. Uh, who's the dumbest generation, and why did you write the original book in 08 and now feel the need to follow it up? They, they are the millennials. And I wrote the book, I wrote the first book in 2008, the full title of which is The Dumbest Generation, How the Digital Age Stupefies Young Americans and Jeopardizes Our Future, or Don't Trust Anyone Under 30. Uh, I did that because if you remember back, back then, you know, 15, 20 years ago, was all the talk was about how amazing these young millennials are, mm. especially with this new Web 2.0 reality. They're so good with the tools and they're experimenting on social media and this new Facebook thing has come out and this, this new uh, texting is going to develop soon and iPhones and Instagram and all the rest. And these kids are going to be leading the way because they're smart, they're ambitious, they're innovative. They are going to college in record numbers, and they have such great social attitudes. They're the most tolerant generation ever, and they helped elect our first African-American president. They are the future. And, you know, us, us grown-ups, Bruce, we, we really need to learn from them. Yes. Uh, that, that was, and I, I couldn't take it anymore. And so I wrote that first book saying, no surrounding these kids with these tools and these screens, letting them go wherever they want with them is a horrible preparation for adulthood, for citizenship in a, in a free republic. Well, I remember, that, I remember that really out. well because it was the, the thought was if you let kids explore and you give them a tablet and you let them go where they want to go, it'll, it'll increase their creativity – in other words, let's remove all the guardrails, all the restrictions, everything that, you know, we were taught uh, back in the day was, and I'm sure this is like, you know, definitely not something that you would ever hear now, is a child should be seen and not heard. Oh, no, no. The millennial generation was, no, we have to hear. Your words have value. 
Uh, well, Bruce, you know, I, I'm a teacher and I was a teacher then. You know, I have to say, I, I really learn more from my students than they ever learned from me. So uh, we, we really have to listen to the kids, the youth. They are the ones in these. In the, we're now in the third millennium and they are the millennials. And so people like me, you know, we're just old grandpa, stick in the mud, get off my lawn types, yeah. which I, of course, embrace that identity fully. I think that's what teenagers need to elders to tell them, hey, straighten up, fly right, smarten up. Uh, that, that helps them to grow up. But anyway, the, the, that was the trend on, on uh, letting the kids go. Now I thought, okay, 15 years later, they're 33 years old. How are these amazing millennials doing? Well, you know there's a sour mood among, among these early middle-aged creatures. They feel disappointed and bitter. They feel betrayed. By, by America, by, by uh, the economy. Life was so wonderful when they were 15 and they were in their bedrooms with their screens and they can connect with their friends all night long and play games. And anytime anything bad came into that little artificial world inside, well, if someone on Facebook says the wrong thing, you just unfriend that person. Yeah. You get a text message you don't like, block that person from now on. So it was this all-affirming universe that they could occupy. Well, Bruce, why can't the world be like that when, when they're 30 years old, huh? Yeah, because that's not why real life. Why do they have to tolerate <laughs> a, a contrary opinion? Why can't everyone just be happy, huh? Yeah. Mark Bauerlein is our guest. He's the author of The Dumbest Generation Grows Up, From Stupefied Youth to Dangerous Adults. It is the May book of the month at 989theanswer.com and theanswerdayton.com. So, Mark... Uh, as we say on the farm, uh, the horse is out of the barn. Uh, how do we reintroduce or can we reintroduce guardrails uh, which keep us out of dangerous type situations? Uh, is there hope for this generation now that they have grown up and you and I both agree have grown up with uh, a false idea of what the world is and how it works? Yeah, well, I, I would say that the unhappiness of the millennials is due it's not politics they want to see it that way the unhappiness is really due to the fact that they don't have any good foundations they don't have any foundations in church or temple or any religion mm -hmm. they don't have foundations in patriotism devotion to country uh they're not big on getting married and having kids so family formation isn't a foundation for them and so they're rootless and they're unhappy this is a sign that we can reach them and tell them, listen, there is something so much better out there than those stupid videos you watch. There are great films. There's something so much better than this dumb pop music you listen to, classical music and jazz and folk music, other art forms of it. And you know what? If you find something to believe in, if you can pray on a regular basis, this is going to make you happier. And I actually give a model for this at the end of the book with, believe it or not, Malcolm X. Mm -hmm. You know, Malcolm X was went into prison as a rotten thug. You know, he, he was just a, a crummy, ignorant, nasty, savage creature. And in prison, he changed. He went through this conversion by reading, 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 reading. He copied the dictionary because uh, by hand because he didn't know the words that he would read. And he comes out, I don't like his politics, I don't like his religion very much, but he came out soft-spoken, 
clear-sighted. He wore a coat and tie. He didn't use profanity. He was actually a very socially conservative uh, uh, creature at the time, you know, in, in his personal life. And this is a sign, you guys, you can change. You can educate yourself. You can listen to intelligent radio, intelligent, intelligent YouTube videos. There is a way for you to become more accommodated to the real world instead of this artificial world you created online many, many years ago. So I, I think that th that's the positive sign. And, and I'll add one little thing. You know, the classical education movement is growing like crazy. Yes, it is. More parents are realizing growing up in this chaotic uh, world of media and politics and just contemporary life, that's not what our young kids need in order to prepare them for adulthood. They need to read great books. They need to look at great art. They need to read the Bible, the Old and New Testament. They, they need a formation that is going to provide that foundation that will help them deal with the ordinary tribulations of adulthood, like that girl I was so in love with, she dumped me. Mm. Well, you got a lot of stories of, of, of unhappy love that you can read about uh, from the past. And that might give you a little bit of a sense of, of what's happening to you. Disappointment, tragedy, that, that's kind of going to hit you. And you, you, need, you need a reservoir of knowledge and understanding in order to absorb them. You don't need to go out and march with Black Lives Matter. That's not going to do it for you. You don't need these, these ideas, uh, silly ideas. Everyone should be happy. Everyone should love, love and be whatever you want to be. This is, this is not the way life works. So th this is the, the correction. Well, it's Better a great reading, book. More education. Uh, it's a great book with, uh, I think, great advice for parents. It is our May book of the month, which is uh, The Dumbest Generation Grows Up from Stupefied Youth to Dangerous Adults. Mark Bauerlein, the author. Mark, uh, thank you so much for your time today, and thank you for your effort to uh, set the wrongs uh, in a much better direction for the future. I appreciate it very much. Thank you, sir. There you go. Mark Bauerlein joining us. And this is the thing. The points that he's making are why I'm so affirming of parents who are getting involved in their kids' educations, because where is this millennial, millennial generation right now? On the high end, age third, what age thirty three to forty one, there are teachers now. There are teachers. There are college professors. The field of academia has been sliding backward for half a century. There's a quote in Mark's book. A study cited a meeting at Stanford University in 1968. In 1968. And it talks about how it was impossible to choose what every student should know. At Stanford in 1968, if the professors at Stanford in 1968 weren't about to dare tell students what they should know, what do you think the professors now, the high school teachers now, the junior high, the elementary teachers now, they're the TikTok generation. They're the Twitter generation. That's why the LGBTQ agenda is flourishing, because the ultimate, it's not an advancement, but the ultimate escalation of this, you can't dare tell me no, is, oh, I'm a boy, but I think I'm a girl. Ergo, I'm a girl.
My thanks to Mark Bauerlein, author of The Dumbest Generation Grows Up. Book of the Month at 989theanswerandtheanswerdayton.com. A lot of the dumbest generation uh, now have bylines in the Columbus Dispatch. And I read their uh, idiocy on a daily basis. And I don't know where the phrase, I think it may be the godfather, the enemy of my enemy, is my friend. Is that a godfather comment? Uh, But I've kind of been of a mixed opinion on Senate President, Ohio Senate President Matt Huffman of Lima. I get frustrated with Matt Huffman because I think that a lot of times uh, the Ohio Senate is a little gutless and the Ohio House is a little gutless on not seizing upon what is clearly a popular law in Florida and moving House Bill 616 along in the state, getting it into law, getting it a hearing in one chamber or the other. Uh, The um, Protect Women's Sports Act of Jenna Powell, that's sitting there, not being acted upon. So I get frustrated from time to time. But but in the vein of uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, uh, after reading uh, millennial Anna Staver's hit piece on Matt Huffman today in the Columbus Dispatch, well, I feel a lot better about the leadership of the Ohio Senate under the direction of the Republican from Lima. Because it seems that because you are not aware of what Matt Huffman looks like, in the words of Anna Staver and the uh, sources that she so purpose, purposely selected to stab Matt Huffman in the back and marginalize him with the criticism, I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. That means he's doing an ineffective job as Senate president, according to his critics and according to Anna Staver, because you can't pick him out of a lineup. Well... Uh, There are a lot of people in Washington, D.C., on school boards, county commissioners, township trustees, who I couldn't pick out of a lineup. But the decisions that they make, because they're elected to office, have consequential impact on me and on you. I didn't realize that it was a condition of serving with um, distinction, that you had to be able to be picked out of a lineup. I mean... Typically, when I think of people being picked out of a lineup, I think of criminals. I typically tend to think that if you can be picked out of a lineup, it's probably not a good reflection on your character. But I guess as a politician, unless you can be picked out of a lineup by Anna Staver, part of the dumbest generation, then you're an evil, terrible, awful, ineffective politician. Do you think that's why she used that? I suppose. I don't know. But it's in the story time after time after time. And she cites this former Democratic Party hack in the state of Ohio that I don't think it's right that a guy who most people can't pick out of a lineup has this kind of influence. Well, that is one of these characterizations that they seize upon that if you really look at it, it has no real veracity to it. And, of course, Matt Huffman is terrible because he's pro-life. That's the, that's the first and foremost fault with Matt Huffman. He grew up in a Catholic family. He went to a Catholic school in Lima. He was raised in the pro-life culture. And he's not going to put any legislation on the ballot that advances abortion in the state of Ohio. Good. Good. He was elected by his constituents to the Senate. 
He was elected by his cohorts in the Ohio Senate to be president of the Ohio Senate. And I appreciate the fact that we have a Senate president who will say, no, this piece of legislation is a non-starter. Would you rather he not give an answer? Would you rather he put all of his other senators in jeopardy of having to answer that question time after time after time after time? No, I think a leader, a leader steps out front and takes criticism for the people he is leading. I mean, let's contrast Joe Biden as a leader, okay? Does Joe Biden take the blame for anything? No, not at all. He takes the blame for nothing. It's the Republicans' fault. It's Putin's fault. It's the pandemic's fault. It's the supply chain's fault. It's COVID's fault. It's always somebody else's fault. Joe Biden is the hear no evil, see no evil, do no evil president. I mean, he is. Everything he touches turns to utter disaster. His fingerprints are all over all of it. He's responsible for none of it in his own mind. Conversely, a Senate leader like Matt Huffman who says, look, I'm the reason why this legislation won't get a vote. So don't go blaming other people. No, me, me. I'm the guy, me. I have the Senate presidency. I have the title. I've got big shoulders. Put it on me. I'm fine with that. That's what a leader is. Now, I shouldn't be surprised that Anna Staver in the Columbus Dispatch doesn't have the first idea what a leader does. Because if the Columbus Dispatch had any idea what a leader was, it wouldn't be suspending publication on multiple days of the week. It wouldn't have gone from a newspaper with more than a half a million circulation down to one that, you know, probably could fit in a, uh, the entire circulation of the paper could fit in a single solitary double paper bag of one of its carriers in the suburbs. So uh, maybe fix your own house when it comes to leadership before worrying about Matt Huffman and his leadership in the Ohio Senate. But it's par for the course. All you have to do is wait. If they don't have a hit piece on a Republican politician today, there'll be one tomorrow. That's just how journalism works in this uh in this era where people like Mark Bauerlein is writing about in The Greatest Generation, or not The Greatest Generation, that's Tom Brokaw's book, uh, in The Dumbest Generation, uh, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about people who once they're, you know, listen, this is the generation, by the way, the dumbest generation, the millennial generation, where the first thing that I started to think was going awry with them was when Everybody got a medal for participating on a team. Everybody gets a medal. We don't keep score. Everybody gets a medal. There are no winners. There are no losers. We don't reward achievement. We reward participation. What does that sound like? What does that sound like now that we have all throughout our schools? Does that sound like equity? Does that sound like the equity initiative? Everything's got to be equal. Not opportunities equal. No, 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 no. Not enough if opportunities are equal. Outcomes have to be equal. If the outcomes aren't equal, why are the outcomes not equal? Because somebody's not as good as somebody else? No, no, no. It's not that because that might make them feel bad that they don't have the same talent, the same gifts. The reason why they didn't achieve is because somebody took something from them that they deserve. I deserve it. No, actually, you don't deserve it. You have to earn it. That's how America was founded. And that's the only way it survives. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.